What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host, Josh. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's what is, what's today? It's Tuesday. So, uh, hope everyone had a good weekend. I uh, saw a lot of shit going down in Florida uh, at the uh, KB, KBF Timitational. Uh, congrats to everyone who won. Uh, some big, big winners. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I'll get some of those guys in the show pretty soon. But uh, looked like it was a good event. Um, it's definitely. A lot better weather, weather down there than it is here. Um, I'm under like two feet of snow, I think, and it's freezing. But uh, yeah, man, I, I was jealous. Uh, every, every time someone posted a picture with a, a smile and some sunshine in the background and a big-ass bass, I mean, I was jealous, super jealous. But I uh, hope everyone made it home safe. I know some of you guys are still on the road. Uh, you know, be safe, especially if you're coming back up to the northeast. It is not pretty. Uh, the, 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 the weather is shit. So, uh, and I think, I think we're supposed to get hammered again here pretty soon too, but, uh, be safe. Uh, look forward to hearing from you all. Uh, and, uh, good luck to the people who are still down in Florida getting ready to, uh, battle it out the 10, uh, Derek Brundle, Matt Conant, Russ Snyder's, uh, new kid, Joshua Sharps in the house. I mean, just going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, going to be a good event. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to see what they're going to do to cover it. Uh, I think it was supposed to start today, but it got canceled due to the weather. So I think it, everything got pushed to the right just a little bit, but, uh, definitely going to be paying attention to that. Uh, dude, it's the season's here. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, 2021 has started. Um, it's going to be a while till I get a, some tournaments in. Hopefully I'll get down South and fish probably in like March maybe, but, uh, we'll see. But, uh, man, I'm excited for everyone else out there getting after it. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, make sure you guys check out some of my supporters. Uh, X-Stone Lures, Capital D, Capital W, 15. Get yourself a discount on some plastics. Uh, now's the time to get them before the season really kicks in. Uh, you know, get us, get some plastics. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, uh, Rogue Fishing Company, uh, don't lose your shit in 2021. They got tons of stuff to uh, protect your gear. Uh, straps, lanyards, all kinds of things. Use uh, dark waters. Uh, it's got to be lowercase. And get yourself a discount on some uh, gear. Um, I think that's it for right now. Uh, obviously, check out Slay Nation. Uh, they're support of the show. Uh, putting out some great tournaments across the state, across the country. Maybe maybe, maybe there's one near you. Just check it out. Let us know. Uh, tell them I sent you. But uh, that's it, guys. Uh, can't thank those companies enough. Uh, my next guest is uh, Drew Gregory. I, I could sit there and try to explain to you who he is, but I'm sure you already know. Uh, YouTube videos, his TV show, uh, while, whatever. I mean, the guy's done a lot for the sport. And he was a uh, 2020 uh, Hobie Angler of the Year. Uh, so the guy's, the guy's he's a stick, man. But uh, it was cool to have him on the show. I've been trying to get him on the show for a while. Uh, but uh, he kind of went AWOL during COVID and – Came back around the end of the season and just started whooping everyone's ass. And it was a fun conversation. I'll say the guy's been in the sport a long time, so he had a lot to say. Didn't cover near as much as I wanted to, so I'm definitely going to have to get him back on. But uh hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, tons of topics were discussed, but uh, you know it, it was fun to talk to the guy. But uh, enjoy the show. Be safe. Uh, let me know what's going on. Let me know if you want to come to the show, and we'll make it happen. But uh, that's all I got for now, guys. Ciao. <laughs> Drew, 
Thanks for doing the show, man. It was kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting to do a podcast tonight. I, I reached out to you like, hey, can you do it tonight? I'm like, I don't have a reason why I can't. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. You're in Florida. Just got through two days of hard fishing. Uh, how are you doing? Are you sunburned or what? A little bit, man. Not much. Just a little bit on my nose. See, I spent uh, most of my first day hiking through the swamp, and so I didn't just really get any that. sun, man. Yeah, so just in the woods. So not much sun uh, on that on that swamp out there. Yeah. Pretty thick, thick forest. You get anyone to check you for ticks or what? Yeah, you know, I should. See, that's the reason why I was able to do this so quick. You know, my wife uh, and son, they're not here with me on this trip. So I'm just bacheloring it sort of thing with the boys. <laughs> and then, right. uh, well, and you know, so otherwise, you know, she could have been there and, uh, and done the job for me, my friend. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm, I'm so jealous of you people right now. Um, I'm in upstate New York, and like we're getting, we're, we're hunkering down, getting ready for like the uh, the snowstorm of the year, I guess. Uh, and it's just been, it's been cold, you know, 12, 10 degrees, and everyone down south is just hugging and fishing and drinking beer and putting suntan lotion on. Like I'm jealous, dude. I'm so jealous. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been it's been nice to get down here. You know, I moved to uh, Ohio. I moved to Northeast Ohio, where my wife's family's from, and uh, it, you know the Cleveland Akron area. And it, you know, she's dealing with the same thing: snow on the ground. It's freezing cold, and uh, I was lucky enough to you know be able to get get away and, and do this. So um, it, it was nice. Florida was nice for sure, man. Everyone's out and about, and just the sunshine feels good, and the, the fish are biting. Um, so as long as you don't make a couple bad decisions like i did they're biting a little bit better but i caught plenty of fish and pre-fishing and and whatnot and had a, had a good time exploring new water so well good man well how uh how long were you down there for like go go ahead and just uh, break down the trip for me real quick i know you're going to do a uh yeah. probably a, really, a really good breakdown on your uh platforms but i'm gonna take advantage of it now and, and, and be the first one to talk to you about it yeah yeah sure so i know a lot of people have seen and made comments about my experiences down there and I haven't had a chance to share as much as I'd like to because um, the kayak I was using, it's a new model from Crescent. So I couldn't really show it. I was told not to right. show it. Um, Scott, Scott Butcher. And uh, am I saying his name right, by the way? I need to keep, I keep remembering. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I never Butcher, say, Butcher. I never say his last name. Like I don't, I don't even attempt. Like when people say that Scott from KBF or whatever, yeah. you don't know who I'm talking about. I don't, I don't try to, he, he butchered the alphabet with that last name. So yeah. Well, anyway, he, he's, you know, part of Crescent and, and James and Justin are, our marketing director and James Durbecker, they were like, yeah, just don't show the boat to anybody. So anyway, I've shared a little, a few snippets, but pre-fishing. So what I did is I went down, I pre-fished some, some history and some places um, and some canals, rivers, creeks, some lakes, whatever. And history just wasn't happening for me. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't there. It wasn't the right conditions that the, the, the cold front came in and maybe, see, I didn't know if, Maybe my history was on and I just didn't know it because when I was fishing, it was all during like this, those cold front couple of days before. So now I'm confused. I'm like, well, now that it's getting warmer, maybe on the tournament days, should I go back to those places or should I not? Because it's just not happening. It, was it the weather or was it actually the, the fish aren't there? So I decided right. to go um, fish. I was fishing this Creek that it flows from one lake to another and I fished like a lower portion of it and I did okay. I caught some fish and I felt pretty good about, I mean, I didn't really know. You never know what's really in your spot, you know, until you actually really lay into them on tournament day. Right. I caught one nice one, like 18 and a half inches and, and several others. And I thought, well, let me lay into this spot on tournament day. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to float. Cause I just did a small section of it, like down into one of the, from one of the lakes up a ways. And then I said, well, let me do the whole float. And I didn't have a chance to do the whole float during pre-fishing. So that's kind of what got me in 
And that's why I went there. I know people are going to ask, well, why in the world did you, how could you get stuck in a place like that? You didn't pre-fish? I'm like, yeah, well, I did, but I caught fish downstream. So I thought, well, I'm going to go give myself a nice, like 10 mile section to do like, uh, you know, in the tournament day. So, cause it's a smaller body of water. So I'm thinking there's probably only like one big fish every, maybe every mile or something. You know what I mean? Like if right. there is in theory, right. If there's one, I want to cover a lot of miles and try to find that, that one. So that was the plan as I went downstream. Um, I caught my first fish. So the water, the water was really cold in the morning. The weather was cold at night. So they were, they weren't biting good. The morning bite from what I could tell from everybody else just wasn't there. It always got better in the afternoon. So this is what's comical all the morning bite. I, there was none. So I didn't, they weren't biting and I fished my way down three, three, four miles. And then I caught one fish, my first fish, like 10 or 10 30. I'm thinking it's on now it's warming up. The fish are going to start biting. And then all of a sudden uh, it chokes up with hyacinth and it, which is just this water plant that goes on, grows on the surface and the roots all connect to each other. So they get stronger as they connect and the older they get, the, the stronger those roots get, but then they also connect to the bank. So it's just this tight stuff you can't get through, but the water's flowing underneath it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's a floating plant. So at one point it was, I saw a small patch and I went through it to some clear water and kept, kept going another small patch. I went through it cause I saw clear water on the other side, kept going, man. But at one point it was just like, as far as I could see in downstream, it was just clogged. And I was like, okay, I'm like four miles downstream. And I guess I have no choice, but to either paddle back all the way and basically give up in the tournament or it, how long, how far could this be choked? Right. I mean, the right. other two patches weren't that big. Let me just hike this kayak, which was legal. I was in a public swamp and portaging is allowed in KBF. So I said, I'm going to hike this kayak downstream until it opens up again. And I go like a mile and I keep checking back. I mean, it's such a dense forest in, in the thickest part of it is actually right by the Creek, you know, cause there's more like water. So that it thrives a little bit more right. uh, the vegetation does. So I have to hike it out a little ways maybe 20, 20, 30, 40 yards off of the Creek and then go down. And then every once in a while, I'll check back and see if it's still there. Well, every time I check back, it's still choked. So I've gone like a mile. So now I'm about five miles down. And then I think to myself, well, let me look on Google maps and see, because what I thought was lily pads on the Google maps of the very first four miles was lily pads. Right. But then I hit this hyacinth and I looked on the Google maps and I said, let me see if I can determine now the difference now that I'm here in person, and I can tell now in hindsight, I can tell what's hyacinth and what's lily pads, although it's very hard to tell the difference on the satellite. I could, which was, which was sad at that point because I looked and it was like, I have another three miles of this choked hyacinth. Oh, to get no. through. So yeah, at least. So then I was like, well, I'm going to hike out to this road. It was like a levee road. They built so the swamp doesn't flood into the um, neighborhoods and civilization. So I hiked 90 degrees out. And then I went down that direction of downstream and then uh, it was, it was kind of crazy. I, I looked at the, um, I looked at the map and I was like, it looks clear right here finally. And now the, the levee road had gotten close to the Creek again. So I said, you know, there's an hour and a half left to fish. If I hike back in, if I'm still legal, I'll call Chad from KBF and see if I'm still good to fish. And he said, he said I was, cause I went out and got safe and I was on a public land anyway. So I hiked back in through the swamp and the mud and all the cypress knees got back in the Creek and it was clear. So Google maps was accurate and ended up catching four, you know, four, well, I caught like probably 10 fish in that last hour and a half and got a limit, um, you know, whatever, 75 inches. So I ended up, I think actually, I thought it was 20 something place when I looked, but I guess more people submitted. So it was like 36 place maybe out of 145 and I fished for like three hours so, or four hours. So 
I was pretty, I guess, pretty much considered that a win after all I'd gone through. Right, that, right. Was, that was day one. But um, day two, uh, I figured I would just swing for the fences because what did I have to lose, right? I mean, right. I'm already out of the 10 invitational in terms of winning the two-day and getting into the 10. I might as well just try to win. And I, honestly, man, I tell you, Josh, what's cool is being fortunate enough to win the Angler of the Year in the Hobie Series, uh, you know, and, and doing tournaments now for a couple of years and having, you know, success doing it, man. I'm super blessed to where I feel like, especially last year after winning that AOI and doing, you know, my fourth top 10 in a row in the KBF National Championship, I feel like more freed up than ever to take big risks like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, right. I don't care. I don't care if I zero. I don't even care. Right. I'm going to go out there and just try to go to fit, find new water because I knew the water I'd fished pre-fishing would get me maybe, like th I thought, like 80 inches max. The big fish just weren't there like they were in the past. But 80 is good. You know, you do that two days in a row, you might catch a check. Or even on, on one day if you get into the 80s. But I was like, I don't care. I'm going to try to win. I'm going to go hit new water. So I went and fished another creek. It's going between a couple lakes again. But I knew this one was clear. Okay, so I had intel. I knew it was clear. I'd seen a video on YouTube. I knew it was clear. And uh, I got a friend down there, Captain Wormy from Alligator Adventures uh, Airboat Tours. He let me know it was clear, no hyacinth. So I did it. And um, the only problem was that I found out today or yesterday was it, it wasn't choked with, with vegetation. So that hazard wasn't there, but it was full of gators. I mean, like everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so some of them were as big as uh, and bigger than my kayak. There was one, I, I, I am not even joking, guys. I look over and I see this thing. It hadn't seen me yet. Usually they slither away when they hear me coming. Right. I'm the motor and you just see these big wakes, right? Well, I saw this one. I was kind of moving slow and stealthy fishing. And I turned around and looked because it was just around the bend. And I saw the opening and I, this thing was laying in the sun and it was like as tall as like a Honda Accord, dude. Like it tall, like when it's laying there, its body was like that high off the ground. And it just, I've never seen anything. I swear I've seen a dinosaur. It was insane. And it slid in the water and made this gigantic wake. And the creek's only like as wide as a two-lane road, right? So now I'm going that direction. That's where I'm going. Yeah, it's going to be underneath your boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they they make horror there. movies that have scenes like that where it's the boat and all of a sudden something comes up. Yeah, I, I would have – that's such a rough one, dude. Dude, it was scary. And, I mean, I've never been so terrified in all my life. Knowing that it can take you down in your entire kayak and everything, you just could be yeah. gone like that. Now, on the flip side, I mean, I'm also smart enough to know it slithered away because it's afraid of me and it's scared. It's not wanting confrontation. It'll react if it, it feels threatened. But I didn't know right. if I'm motoring by and that noise from the motor and all that, if it maybe would feel threatened. But I also know this time of the year they really don't want a, any confrontation because their bodies are going real slow and it's been real cold. The water is, for them, right. for them at least. For us, it's, it's pretty warm down there, obviously. So I, I was like, all right, so here's my plan. I'm going to go. I'm going to go on the bank side that it just slithered off of, right? Cause it went out off the bank to, and it's so big. It's like almost as wide as the whole freaking Creek. It went off down to the other side, which looked to be the deeper side. So I figured it's sitting down deeper there and you can see bubbles coming up and stuff. You know where they're at, you know where they're at. You're always, when they slide in, you kind of see them and know where they're at, but it's dark water. So you're freaking out. Cause you feel like they're just going to come up every, you know, every you know time you go past one. But I just motored on that side and was trying to <laughs> slither away from it. And, uh, cause I figured that's the side it wasn't on. And so the problem was I'm going over, I got a paddle in one hand and my remote in the other hand for the motor guide. And I'm just ready to like, this is, this is crazy. I know 
but like, why wouldn't you just be ready? Right. You know, so I have the yeah. paddle, just smack down on this thing. If it, if anything comes up, not that I, I'm going to do anything with my bending thing, like angler <laughs> carbon, whatever, but, but the also other reason I went right on the bank though, is if it came up like that, I could like jump out on the bank and run. You see what I'm saying? So but I don't, the, the, the whole time you're talking, I'm like, why don't you just leave? Like if you're thinking this much into a yeah. dinosaur and then <laughs> underneath your kayak and, and it's got you, because I don't know, maybe I'm just yeah. more of a realist, but like if, if I'm scared and I know I'm scared, I don't want to be scared anymore. I, I usually take myself out of, you know, scary situations. So that, you know, and I'm from yeah. Florida and I, you know, when, you know, like when snakes and alligators and stuff like that, like I just don't, if I feel the need, like if I feel that way, then I probably just go somewhere else. I don't know. That's just me though, Greg. Yeah. I mean, dude, I probably, you know, I, I probably could have or should have, I guess. But at the same time, I just, I, my, my good friend down there, like I said, Captain Wormy, he, he's taught me a lot about gators. And he even told me that when he, he'll get up to him with his airboat, he, he'll, they don't move sometimes. And he said, he'll touch them with his, his hand, their tail. Yeah. And when he touches them, they don't turn around and attack them. They slug, they, they, they get on their way. He said, they don't want anything to do with you. And they're afraid of you. So we you know it's a funny, mean, funny, a funny story though. I was watching yeah. a YouTube video. It was a, a family and their dog. And they would like, whenever there's an alligator on the shore, they would send the dog after the alligator. Cause the alligators would usually run off uh, when the dog came after them. Cute little mm -hmm. dog, and they were doing it, and like it showed like six times that it did this, and then the last time it did it, the alligator just turned around, bit the dog, took it in the water, and I imagine he ate it at some point. Yeah. I'm saying that's, they're they're wild animals, like yeah, don't you care. don't we know what's gonna happen. I'm not touching an alligator. No, uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I just there's a reason I'm why I'm, I'm 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 comfortably okay with living in upstate New York because the things in the water here don't eat you. Like it's 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 safe. Yeah, uh, you can handle the cold weather, you'll you'll survive. But down south, I just don't know. There's just so many creepy, you know. <laughs> creepy crawlers and alligators so, and snakes hanging from trees and it's just scary, hanging from trees. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's, it's, it's like scary. the last, the last wild stuff down there, man. Ugh. No, you're right. Um, but anyway, that was my plan, but what was, it sort of backfired because I went real close to the bank right there. And then there was a stick sticking a log under the water. And as I'm cruising by real slow, just watching out, keeping eyes on the water, I hit the log and I can't go. And I'm like stuck. My motor's like stuck on the log. I'm like, Oh crap, dude, I'm stuck. And this gator's like right here. And I'm like right next to a spot where he slithered off the bank. It's like his territory. He's like, I'm so, then I um, decide I, I jumped on the bank. I'm like, I'm getting out. I'm on the bank. So now I'm standing where he was and I'm thinking, I don't really know exactly how they nest or whatever. I'm like, I'm sure hope there's not like some nest or anything happening right now. Right. And he ticked off that I'm on his spot now. And so then uh, I thought, well, I could just motor this with the remote through the upstream and I could just hop in upstream. But, but the problem was, like I said, there was these low hanging trees all right there in the area, just in front where the motor had to go the boat. So I said, um, well, but what happens if I get my stupid motor stuck? I'm definitely not swimming out there to go yeah. get it on ducks. So I'm just leaving everything in the wilderness and hiking out of here. And I don't want to do that again. Like I did that the day before. <laughs> so I said, all right, I got to get back in this kayak. And I hop back in and I just had to go more to like the middle, which is really scary because it's, I think it's on this other side right here. And so I just had to cruise, get around that log and cruise kind of in the middle and under those, those tree limbs and just hit high and just kept going, man. But um, now Captain Wormy said, he said, look, just, you just keep going. They don't want anything to do with you. Just yeah. keep on moving. Like you don't even, like they don't exist. And so, I mean, I, you know, I was just trying to keep going and find some fish and I, I don't know. I mean, I felt pretty safe. As, as scared as I was, I still feel like it's pretty safe. But um, I, like you said, they're wild animals, dude. You don't ever know really what's going to happen. So I probably don't really want to be in that position ever again. But there I was. 
And I caught one fish the whole trip, dude. One fish. I mean, it was horrible. I don't think I can't remember the last time I went fishing, caught one fish. I've never not caught a limit in a tournament right. ever. Well, except for uh, last year at this event, I got a fish DQ'd uh, because I forgot to put the identifier in the photo, and I had another photo with it, but it was already after time to submit. Uh, right. So I, caught, I mean, I caught like twenty fish that day, but technically my stringer showed four. So I was I was a little bit uh, you know disappointed with the results of the tournament, but I had some good stories to tell. So it all worked out, and I experienced some new wild adventures, man. So can't complain. Yeah. That's what I love about kayak fishing. Yeah, did you get any of it on video? <laughs> Besides well, the uh, oh, you can't really show it though because yes you no. got the whole cut the, well, the the second day. I went in the the light tackle from Crescent, so I could show that one, but I actually didn't really get any video that day because a I was just busy fishing, trying to go so fast, and b right. I just got these new tactic cams in um, and they were, they were shipping into my house in Ohio, but they didn't get there in time. So then when they arrived, my wife overnighted them to Florida and they still didn't, it still took two days to get them, even though she overnighted them. So I literally the day before the first day of the tournament, I got them for the first time, opened them up, have no clue how to use them. And one day I put the first day, I put one on my kayak uh, the day I hiked through the swamp. I don't know how to use it. I just hit a button. It vibrated. There's a green light flashing. I assume it took video. I haven't even looked yet at the SD card. I assume it took video of me hiking through the swamp all day. But right. I have some video of that, but not this this gator thing, which you wouldn't have seen a whole lot anyway because they slither in the water before you. Um, right. You know. But uh, but I did fly out of my kayak once on that trip, and that was scary because I hit a log and the motor guy, and I was going full speed uh, with a 105-pound thrust, 105-pound uh, thrust, 36-volt unit. And I'm flying, and – you couldn't see there was a log there. And usually there's a ripple in the water. You know, you can see something's under the water right? and it hit. And then when it torques sideways, once it hits, if it ever torques sideways, it keeps going. Then it kicks your kayak to the left or right. That all happened so fast. I flew forward it hit sideways and it threw me out. And now I'm in the water with the gators, man. And then I'm like freaking out, you know, I'm like scrambling back in this kayak. I lost my sunglasses and uh, lost a, a few other things, but I didn't flip the kayak. It just, well, you know, right. and it, it just keep it going. It's like the motor's still on. It's like going. I'm fumbling for the remote control of my hand, trying to like Jeez. stop running into the the reeds, and it was nuts, bro. But um, it was you know, it's it's sort of what people and what Ken Morris, who does the my Hooked on Wild Waters podcast with me, mm-hmm. and and not even Ken, just everybody for years, all my, all my friends, they're like, dude, it's Drew Chaos Theory. It's it's you know, Drew's fishing chaos happens every trip. Right. Something happens, but um, that's that's. I mean, come, you got to take the good with the bad when you fish in you know, rivers and, you know, go river bassing and, and wild places. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I imagine, I imagine like, you know, to be a, to be a winner, you got to have some pretty, you know, crazy moments. You got to have like that, that balance, right? Like, yeah. like one minute you're winning the uh, tournament or whatever yeah. angle of the year, the next minute you're getting attacked by a duck. I mean, you know, you can't just, it can't right, just be like this great. Like you gotta, you gotta have some other stuff in you or, or it's just not a good right. story. You know what I mean? That's right. I mean, look at Russ Snyder's. He won the tournament. He got all of his drama and his uh, chaos out on pre-fishing. He flipped over in yeah. the wind that one day. He got, he unfortunately had his truck broken into, stuff was stolen. And I just didn't, you know, I just didn't do it like how Russ did. If I'm going to have any of my fishing chaos on that tournament, you know, that adventure, it needs to be during pre-fishing, not during the tournament, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just We just flip-flopped. He did it the right way, and I did it all the wrong way, so. Well, I mean, like, I mean, if, 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 if kayak fishing ever gets – like it's huge as we want it. Like you got to have that story for the 30, 30 and stuff, you know, when they do the Drew Gregory story, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something. Yeah. It can't just be you just winning all the time. And I mean, there's gotta be some, yeah. uh, it's gotta be some fun stuff in there. Some That's right, man. Some adventure for sure. So I had my Shit. share. Yeah. So, uh, season's already started for, I want to talk to you a little about last season. Cause, uh, 
just a little bit. I mean, obviously it ended really well for you, but I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I kind of forgot about you last year. Uh, I remember you started off the yeah. year. I know, I know you did a few of the uh, the, the opening tournaments of the season, yeah. and then all of a sudden you were just like gone. And you know, not, not that I completely forgot about you, but right. I just you know, when yeah. it came to like the tournaments, like your name was nowhere near. You know, because you know, I'm covering this right. a lot. I'm, I'm talking a lot of the winners and the people that are competing. I didn't, I didn't hear anything from you, and all of a sudden you just come out of nowhere and just like ruin people's dreams and become anger of the year and place well yeah. at this, these big tournaments. Like what, what, where were you, what were you doing? And uh, why'd you come back with such vengeance? Yeah, man, that's a great, great question. And so what happened to me is I mean, it was a whole combination of, of crazy things. So COVID obviously affected all of us. Um, right. It affected, you know, all the businesses at the beginning, you know, Jackson Kai, for example, who I was with before, affected all the companies. We didn't know if it was going to like, we didn't realize it was going to be such a boom in the industry. So a lot of companies had things happen, furloughs. So I was furloughed and, you know, I was like, well, if I'm not going to be back till September, you know, like th then I just need to go, you know, find something else. So, and, and, and move on. It was just, and it was the right time. You know, we'd done a lot of cool stuff together at Jackson and it was awesome. And, you know, wouldn't trade any of my experiences there for anything, you know, and love those guys at that company, love all the people that still work there, of course. But, you know, business is business and, and, and COVID happened and we had to kind of move on. So that was a big deal. And I had to sell our home in, in North Carolina. We had to sell and move to Ohio. We decided to move to Ohio to be closer to, um, you know, uh, my in-laws. My, my wife's family's from uh, the Akron, Cleveland area. So we move up to Ohio, which, you know, trying to sell a home during COVID, yeah. you know, not easy dealing with trying to get a new job, you know, somewhere, a new role somewhere, where are you going to fit into the kayaking industry? I've been working in it for, you know, 10 years. Right. And so where am I going to fit in? Uh, it was not easy trying to solve all these problems, you know, three dogs, a toddler, you throw all that in the mix, COVID. It was just crazy. Um, right. Like you said, I mean, I was there at the beginning tournament. I got second at the KBF Claremont chain pro tour uh, to Jody queen. And then I got, and then I fished this, um, the Bassmaster on Logan Martin was my last one I fished. And got 16th out of the whatever that was 250 or whatever and qualified for the um classic uh whatever the kayak classic whatever we're calling it and then uh, you know obviously fished that tim invitational as well last year those are the three i did and i did pretty well and then like you said i disappeared because i had to take care of life and family and, right. and that's what's important and our house fell out, uh fell out of contract three times one of which was uh the on the 51st day of a 52 to closing so you can imagine how we felt we were in the meantime living in ohio quarantined with my in-laws. So throw in the fact that, you know, I've got great in-laws, but I mean, I don't care how good your in-laws are, you know, you don't want to live with them for five months, bro. Like, and no. they don't want you, they don't want you there for five months. No, dude, I, I, lo <laughs> I love my in-laws. Like, you know, they're, they're a little bit on the wealthier side. They got the good booze and the big yeah. house, but like, but at some point it's just like, I, I really just want to, you know, fall apart and do my own thing in my own house. It, it gets, uh, it gets old quick. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. Uh, I mean, that's the way we felt, you know, now we have the three dogs and the, the baby and whatever. So it was just tough, very, very tough point. At one point I hurt my back in the middle of all that, uh, in my father-in-law's warehouse tried to, I was helping him do some work. And, uh, I literally was just laying on the floor, the cold floor. And it's like, you know, April it's freezing and, uh, I can't even move. So for two weeks I couldn't even like move. People don't even know a lot of this stuff. I was like, couldn't move for two weeks, have no job have no house, have no, living with the in-laws. Like, it's just like, uh, I couldn't, you couldn't be more the, down. The COVID blues, man. So. Yeah, the COVID blues. But uh, no, God has a plan, you know, and the reason, the thing that I was able to keep it together, I mean, trust me, I, it wasn't easy and I wasn't together as much, you know, as I 
make it seem like I was, it was, it was hard. You know what I mean? It was just real right. life. Like we all face it. It's real life, man. Like we try to, we mean people in the kayak fishing industry, the fishing industry and people that are, you see in the public eye and Facebook and whatever, like influencers, people, your, our goal is to make our life seem like amazing. So you should come kayak and right. fish too. And it's all hunky dory, but it's just not, that's not real, man. You know, it's not real. Yeah. We have the same, same issues and same stuff happens. And that's kind of what was happening to me. So uh, eventually, um, what I did know before is like, you know, like I only got into kayak fishing because I lost a job. That's how I got into kayak fishing. I essentially lost a job. It was an interim job, but I didn't get the full-time job. And, uh, you know, everyone, it, I was working at a university and everyone, the students, everyone, we were like shocked. And I had bought a home there. I was ready to settle down there forever in North Georgia. I loved it. But in hindsight, man, it was kind of like just, you know, God's plan to get me into fishing. Cause then I moved to South Carolina uh, middle of nowhere town. All I did was fish, kayak fish and continue to grow my brand. And I wasn't, I mean, I say my brand, but that's, that's like ho hokey stuff to even talk. I, right. I wasn't growing a brand. I was just a dude fishing. I didn't know I was growing a brand, but that's technically what I was doing. I didn't know it. And I didn't know I was going to be fishing for a living, you know, working in the fishing industry and doing fishing stuff. But I was, and I never would have done that had I not been in a town with no one my age. I was single, young, still, you know, mid twenties. And just, it just became such, so evident after, you know, um, just doing it for so long that I needed to start my own website, share this with the world. And that eventually did lead me to connect with Jackson kayak. When we developed uh, my signature kayak, the Kusa, um, uh, back in 2009, I started, it came out in late 2010. So it was a 2011 model. So in the back of my mind, I know like God's got a plan for this. Like there's going to be something that comes out of this. That's a reason. And I cannot be more happy with where I'm at right now. We've got a new house there in Ohio. I'm working with Crescent Kayaks, developing this incredible new kayak that I can't really talk a lot about right now, other than to say that it's not the kayak that I was hiking to the swamp. That one was a new model. And I, I told people on Instagram and all my videos, I was like, it's a new model. I can't really show you the hike, me hiking it really uh, very, I had little peaks of it, but not a lot, but it's not my model. So anyway, um, I could be more happier, man. That was cool. So that's kind of what happened to me during the year. And then I finally got, when we got settled back in with that new house, out of the in-laws, you know, my role at Crescent kind of figured out and all that good stuff. I was finally able to, I think it was actually when we first moved into the house, like say to my wife, like, okay, I'm going to get back to fishing. And that was the first time I ever was in a Crescent kayak publicly on the Susquehanna River, the first Hobie BOS tournament. And I knew, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I did look at the schedule and said, I think I could do well in the Susky. I think I can do well if, on Lake Dardanelle or somewhere. But then I also thought I could do well on the Coosa chain. You know, I've never fished it, but I was like, you know, it's a river. I can kind of figure something out there. The only thing I was, you know, a little bit more concerned about was Lake Dardanelle. And I ended up getting fourth in the Susky, first at Lake Dardanelle, fourth at the Coosa to be my three tournaments, to be at third in the AOI um, right behind Russ. And I think Jody was leading, or maybe it might have been the other way, way around, but I think it was Jody that was leading and then Russ and then me. I can't remember. But um, either way, then I went to the TOC and somehow, um, I couldn't believe it, Jody didn't catch five the first day. And then yeah. and then Russ did, killed it. So I'm like, well, this is Russ's AOI. I'm happy to get second with there's cash and and, you know, some prizes, uh, Hobie world's invite for second and third. So I was just happy to stay in the top three, but then this, the second day of the tournament, Russ didn't catch five. And I did both days and they weren't incredible limits, but they were pretty decent. I mean, I got seventh, you know, so that's how I ended up winning it. Just four in a row, just the last four, just boom. 
It's nuts. I mean, so I mean, that's, it's awesome because in a sense, it wasn't like because you look at like most of the like. I mean, I know you're a tournament fisher, but I don't really like consider you like a uh, like a right. tournament compared to like you know guys mm-hmm. like Russ Snyder, who like I mean, like the, the, the people live out of their vehicles or on the road every right. weekend. They're fishing, like just just get, whatever. No. Just these, these these kayak gypsies, man, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, but Co- but going Cody. there, Cody you know, going there like last minute, I feel like what you did and, and to be able to put up those kind of uh, not just performances, yeah. but you know, put yourself in those positions. That's like, I mean, that's. That's gonna be. That's feel pretty good. I, I feel like you really you got your niche off of, you know, the content you put out, the things that you created. You know, I, I know you did really well at like the uh, right the na- national championship a few years ago when Mike Elsie won it. But yep. it, I just I, I never really considered you like just a, a, the tournament right. guy, just more of a uh, just just a content guy, just out there, right. and just whatever you do with the sport. And it was just like when you won the angle of the year, I'm like, oh, this guy's got the best of both worlds. I mean, not only can this guy put out some really good content, he's got a podcast. Uh, YouTube channels and space, but you can also fish really, really good. And right. you, you see that like a lot of people, they either hurt one, like they don't usually have, right. both. They, they either they're really good at content or they're yeah. really good at fishing, but there's not really the both. And you know, and the only person else I can think of that's really good, like, like you, is like, you know, maybe Greg Blanchard. Greg Blanchard, yep. Uh, that's about right. it. But I mean, it's just the, the, the getting of the year and then the head, yeah. like the kind of stuff that you have going on, it's just like, it's like, geez, and he's got like, he's on fire right, right now. This is, uh, this is something else. It was nuts, man. I mean, I was so excited to finally be back on the water and I fished like it, you know, dude. And so what you're saying, though, is a good point. I mean, people and I agree, like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, people don't see me as a just a solely a tournament angler because that's right. I don't fish as many events as, as, as Cody and Russ and Jody and those guys. That's like Christine. That's like all they do. And I mean, I don't know who else. There's a bunch of them that, that, that do that. Right. I mean, they fish a ton. But I'm also, so I can't because also I've always had, you know, a job with Jackson before. And then now with Crescent, I'm designing stuff with them. It takes a lot of time. And then I'm doing my own other things as well. But, uh, and I've got a, 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 you know, toddler at home and you know wife. And it's like, just can only be away so many weekends. Right. You know what I'm and so I try to hit 12 to 14. That's a lot. Cause, I, cause you got to figure if you're going to hit the, and I only fish the national stuff. It's just the, you know, the entry fees are enough and the payouts are enough where it, you know, I feel like it's worth it. And, and of the media exposure is really a big part of it too for my sponsors and what I do. Um, but up until the last couple years, I would say when Hobie came out with their series, BASS, and then of course KBF already had theirs, but it, it just tournaments weren't really a, a, somewhere I saw yet that I could get a ton of value until just the last recent years. Now that these, these other trails have come about. So that's why the beginning, especially back in 2009 and in 2004, five, six, whatever, when I was building my brand, like I said, I couldn't make a name and get a signature series kayak made from fishing tournaments. Right. Cause they were, right. there were just small little dinky clubs everywhere, nothing national. So I did it with social media. Uh, well, not yeah, YouTube and just my content that I made catching big fish and put some, putting pictures on the internet of those fish. And then today's day and age you don't that you can do it that way just be a youtuber if you will or, or social media influencer to get a following and then go to a manufacturer to get a sponsorship or some deal whatever or you can fish tournaments and i've chosen because john hipster at yak attack said uh back when i fished i think it was 2017 i fished the kbf open championship and before that i hadn't fished I only i fished the original kayak bass fishing open the first big event that was really like the championship was called the open and invitational I don't remember what year it was. It could have been 2011 or 12, 
but I tied for first. So in the invitational, which was kind of like the best of the best group. And I, so, I mean, uh, Tony Yang won and he won like $10,000. I tied for first. I got second. And, um, in that one. And then, but after that, I hadn't fished another tournament until that 2017 open, which here's the crazy thing that open, I got like 16th and there was like 600 people in that tournament. I got 16th. This is at, um, where was this? Uh, Kentucky Lake. Because of that one finish, it automatically got me into the national championship next year. Cause that, that was the year they did an open and the national championship jointly. They stopped doing that because it was a headache and they couldn't, the results were going until four in the morning, five in the morning, and then they didn't get finished. And the, so they said, we can't do two at the same time anymore. But because I, I didn't fish any of these, the trail series or any way you would normally qualify for the national championship. I never fished one thing. I just fished the one open qualified me for the national championship in 2018. I think I got like eighth in that one. And then I think it was like eighth and I got a fifth and I got a second and then I got a ninth this year. So it was like this run of like four top tens in a row. But every time I would win uh, or whatever, like win to me, placing, getting a check, top 10, whatever you want to call it. I feel like, you, you know, not technically winning, but it would qualify me for the next year's national championship. Well, at some point, John Hipster said, dude, you fish like one event a year. It's the national championship against six, 700 people. And every time you're like top 10. Why don't you just focus now that these tournaments are bigger and the media is following them? Why don't you just focus on that? And you don't have to worry about expenditures that your production company costs, you know, doing hooked on wild water show that I did for, for right. like five, five seasons. You can just go fish and we get as much benefit out of it as you, and you can have a chance to even win money too. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Cause it's a pain in the butt to film you know, outdoor fishing shows on kayaks. It's really hard lighting right. and all this stuff. And you're like, you can't just go fish like you, you know, like fun fish, like you do in a tournament, just like you're a kid, just fishing, go wherever you want to go. They can't, you know, camera boats really can't keep up with how fast I go and stuff. I, I right. fish pretty fast. So you have to go slow and wait. And anyway, I was excited when John mentioned that. So that's a great idea. So people don't think of me as a tournament angler because I only fished like five tournaments two years ago, like the FLW KBF thing. I fished the Pan American, the Pan American thing. I fished the national championship. I fished the K uh, Hobie satellite event on Lake Murray. I got third on that. I mean, uh, I just fished like five events, um, but I did pretty good in all of them. You know, top 10 in the national championship, second at the Pan American kayak bass, eighth at the FLW KBF cup, third at Lake Murray Hobie. But it's just five. Like you're not going to make your name for yourself just fishing like five tournaments. When you got these other guys like, like, like Cody and Matthew Scotch and Christine, everyone's out there fishing yeah. like, 20 to 25 events a year, Eric Siddiqui's, you know, Ron champions, whoever. But then I said that that was a point where I was like, all right, well, next year I'm fishing more tournaments. And that was the year COVID hit. And then, like yeah. you said, so then I only fished those couple few at the beginning. And then I went on that run at the end. And then I was like, man, John was right. Like I, you know, I'm, and I always, you know, I knew I could catch fish, but I didn't really know exactly where I stood compared to like all everybody until that happened. And then now this year, you know, I'm, I'm set up to fish 12 to 14, which takes, like I said, you're, I'm, it's like seven to eight, nine days per event. Because if you count packing up and unloading, that's like one day on either side, right? Then right. you got to drive one day somewhere, almost a day somewhere, especially now that I'm in Northeast Ohio, you got to take a whole day pretty much for travel on either side. It's four days right there. And you, you don't even count pre-fishing. And you, I usually like to be pre-fished for two and a half days half day to drive around the best I can to hit some access points. And then two days to then try to hit as many of those as I can to fish for like a few hours at each one to see how I feel about all of them. So, I mean, that's, 
that's at the minimum. Hopefully three days would be even nicer. I know some guys camp out for like a week before, but I don't, I could, you know, couldn't be gone that long. So anyway, yeah, that's my, that's, that's why I think that it's going to be changing in terms of the way people see me, but I'll never still be seen as a full-time tournament angler because I work for Crescent. That's what I do. I've also got another uh, company venture, if you will. I'll tease it here on your podcast. It's coming out later in the spring. That's um, it's a fishing related company and product that I started and uh, you guys will, I think will like it. So I'm doing all these other business things and I have other sponsors and content to get and product development. I work with a lot of my sponsors as well. So I just can't focus like full, full time on it. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this like, why would you, um, you know, really want to focus? I mean, you've already found your niche and you've already pretty much made fishing your living. That's what you do for a living. Um, when you look at the people who are just chasing these tournaments, it's like, they're having a time, like they look like they're having a lot of fun. You know, they're, they're always, you know, hanging out, camping out, you know, fishing, you know, cashing checks. But none of them are making like a real good living off fishing, and 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 none of them are mostly are like, like me and you are similar in the sense that we got we got people to depend on us. We got a wife, we got kids. Uh, I can't be gone, you know, like whatever. I just can't do it. But right. you know, these people, these that's what these people do. Um, but you get more in your like, with what you do outside of the tournament than you do oh, actually. Yeah. And so it's just like, I mean, why would you want to? Uh, I mean, like, look, unless you've got, like, some kind of, like, competitive hunger in you, but at the same time, like, your life is revolved around fishing and, like, the, this content you put out and the, the business decisions you make. I mean, at some point, it's like, who, who really cares about tournament fishing when it's, you know, like, we, we see, like, the argument of, like, the, the big boat uh, pros arguing with, like, right. the YouTuber who's getting famous off, you know, YouTube videos. It's like, why would this person ever want to be – because you, you're, you're, you're fighting to win this one check, and this guy's getting checks every week for uh, – for making a video and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, is that ever like, I mean, like how much do you really want to like, yeah, like invest in tournament fishing? Well, the only, the only thing I'll say about that, the only difference in my situation is, so when you develop a kayak or in, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to get on the water with it to get content, to market it. You know what I mean? Anyway, right. you have to get on the water and fish anyway. And so it kind of just, and then of course I've got other sponsors that have always sponsored my show and what I've done with me personally since since I've sort of, you know, built my name in the industry and have whatever, it's a, it's a, it's a decent little following, you know, I'm not like some huge, huge, whatever, like there's a lot, a lot of guys in fishing, but well, it's definitely big in your job. You're definitely big yeah. in your genre. You know what I mean? Like that's right. like, my, my podcast is not huge, but it's, it's big in the kayak community. That's so, right. I mean, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's success, right? <laughs> right. And these companies all sponsor me and they, you know, they, they support me with product and cash. And so I, I need to now give back something to them. Well, giving back, if you want to market, if you're a kayak angler. Um, so previously it was my, my show, right? My show, they would sponsor that. And then they would get the benefit of the cool episodes and some right. short clips or some photos from when we're out there in the water. It's like, if I gonna have to be out there in the water doing all this anyway, and I can compete in these tournaments and I enjoy it and I get a fish very freely and very, I would say just fun. Like I'm a kid just out there, just, just, slinging you know yeah and no worry i don't even care if i'm recording any, you know out there i'm going to now with the tactic cams that they're going to make it nice and easy i've been with gopro for a long time but they're sort of getting out of the fishing space unfortunately so uh, on the marketing side so i'm i'm going to be uh, with tactic cam for this year and, and see how, how these go um and so far it looks like they're going to be awesome but i mean i just get to basically just hit record one time and just go because those battery packs last for like eight hours and to me, that's just, it's fun. So if I can get out there and get all the content I need during pre-fishing, get some nice, good photos, good quality right. 
photos and videos with the people that, that I'm going to be with at these tournaments. Um, my, the guy that does the podcast with me, Ken Morris, he goes with me on some trips. Um, I'm actually right now at my buddy, uh, Dustin Hoy's house down in Florida. He has, he, um, he owns Raccoon Creek Outfitters in, in Ohio and the, different people go with me on different trips. You know, I was with Craig Dye on this trip too. Whoever's with me, whatever, I get photos and video clips and plus the Tacticam footage. I can use that for my sponsors and for Crescent. And then I, same time I'm pre-fishing, you know, and then for a tournament, right. I get to fish the tournament and have fun. So it's kind of like be around all the people and, and hang out and just, I just love the kayak fishing community and all the people anyway. So it's just fun. to get to see friends. So it's a perfect way to blend it all together. You know what I'm saying? Right. For me. Yeah, no, I, and I, th- I think it's cool that you're in that situation where you can, because like we said earlier, like you don't see a lot of people who are good at, who, who are doing good at both, you know, whether it's the, the content yeah. or the, it's usually just one-on-one. And I, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, like, uh, we find someone like you or Greg Blanchard, it's kind of like a jewel. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you want, you know, you want you want your uh, the people that you know whatever product whoever who's pushing you, you know that you want them to be really good at fishing, but also really good at content because it, it just it does yeah. so much more for them to like say not only is this guy making badass videos, but he's also the angler of the year for Hobie, which not a lot of people can say that, right? I mean, there's only one right. angler of the year per year, and then with their, you know with their following and stuff. I mean, I just it's I don't know, it's not right. like pretty good to be Drew Gregory. Yeah, no, it, it's been, it's been great, man. To go from where I was, like I said, and if anything, this is, should be inspirational and inspiring for, for people out there that maybe you're in the mountains right now, you're in the high in life and maybe you're down low like I was, but just goes to show, you know, you can just keep grinding, stay positive. I mean, just trust in, trust in the Lord. He's got a plan, you know, just keep, just, just stay strong, stay true to you because you'll come out of that valley. You know what I'm saying? Like you will, you will. And, and you'll gotten better from it. You'll learn from it. And maybe God just wants you in a different spot where you have a much better life and you're much happier than you ever thought you could even be. I never thought I could be happier. I never even considered fishing for a living. I was so naive. I I was just, I got my master's degree in sports management. I was running sports uh, leagues for tournaments. I mean, for uh, students at universities as a director of campus recreation, had a house looking over the, overlooking the mountains, my first home, 30, 30, 40 minutes for my niece and nephew and my parents there, uh, Northeast of Atlanta. I mean, I was content. I was done. I was going to be there for the rest of my life. I didn't care. I loved it. And there was nothing wrong with that job. I loved it. And right. I, I, I wanted to be there, but you know, God just gave me different talents and skills. And I was like, all right. I mean, and it worked, you know, that's kind of where he, he set my course to go. And, and I look back now and I've never, never been more angry and upset at, at, at like God and just the life. And when I lost that job, because I, I mean, now what? You know what I mean? I got to move right, away right. from this house. I got a mortgage. I got to, I'm not going to be around my family. I mean, this sucks. And now I just laugh at myself. Like how dumb of me not to just, I'm a, I get it now. Like I get it. Like right. there's something bigger going on here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I was just super, I've never been happier now, man. Like I have so much freedom at Crescent and it's just like all my design is it's like all mine, you know, and James is the only one at Crescent that um, Dur- James Durbecker that, uh, you know, I have to, you know, check with him and, and run stuff by him. But if I'm really believing something so strongly, he might be like, like, bro, I don't know, man, you sure we need this like feature on this kayak, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I, I could, it's going to cost a lot or whatever. It costs more to do this. Is it really worth it? I'm like, yeah, it's worth it. And then if I, if I, he, if I'm convicted about it, then he's like, all right. And he just lets it roll. So like, it's just exciting, man, for me to, to see like where I've come. So hopefully this is inspiring for other people and, um, you know, if there's anything, I can at least just encourage everybody out there to, to, you know, stay strong 
and uh, you'll come out of what you're coming out of. And if you're up up high, don't never forget, you know, how that, that feels and know it could you know go away at any moment too, you know? So right. that's what life's about. But, you know, as far as like, talking about those uh, other folks that are doing it full time, I'll say like, it's interesting in kayak fishing, how everyone's uh, life is at different stage. So like, here's what yeah. I've noticed. Some people are doing this like full time, basically living out of their van or whatever. And they kind of, I mean, they may have like a little side job, but they're basically doing it full time because they save as much money as they can on travel and they're winning, they're fishing. So we tracked uh, on the fantasy kayak fishing that we did last year, which we're doing again this year. And you can still enter, by the way, you go to um, look for it on my, you know, Drew Gregory fishing or Instagram. we got links to it. Uh, I post on kayak bass fishing's group, KBN group. If you guys want to play, it's a lot of fun. You can sign up till February 19th, but uh, all your salaries, by the way, that every person is a salary on them and you can pick six, six anglers for the year. If they've won money, they're going to go like up. So it'll, it'll lock though on the 19th. Right. So, but we are, um, but anyway, long story short, the, um, the money leader was like, technically it was Matthew Conant, but he wasn't in the game because he was a rookie. So we didn't know uh, right. about him. He is this year, but Russ Snyder's had like 41,000 bucks and Jody maybe had like 28,000 or maybe it was 30. I don't know. Uh, or Ryan Lambert won the TOC. So he was around 32, 33,000 and, um, Joe, I think I was around 20, 24, maybe. I don't know, but Cody Milton, six, 16 or 17,000. So the point is like, like you're saying, and that's just counting national stuff. I know they fished local, like trail right. series. Cause now we're counting. There. Yeah. Now that last year we weren't counting the trail series, but this year we are. Um, cause last year we were supposed to be counting the pro series, which got kind of canceled that we just counted super trails. But either way this year, it's, it's to keep track of all the national trails, the KBF trail series, Hobie BOS, in the BASS, right? So this year we'll see another true showing, but I think the top people are earning, like if you win the, the national championship, obviously you're getting a big check. You're getting 75, $75,000 with bonus bucks. Other people are going to win TOCs. People like Russ Snyder's are going to win a lot. Um, if turnouts keep going like they were at this first one, you know, people are going to be, several people are going to be hitting uh, $30,000, $40,000. I mean, I'd say we might have, you know, six, five or six people that are above 30,000. But the point is like you're saying, you can't really make a living off that. So you got to be single, young and willing to take the chance living out of your van to make it even work. And, or you got to be retired, already have retired, some money yeah. stashed away. So like Jody queen, he's, he'll say, you know, he's, he's my uh, uh, teammate with Z man, some other brands. And he's a good guy, a good friend of mine. He'll say like, I'm not retired. This is what I do for a living. This is my job. And he's right. This is what he does. That's he focuses on this. He's going to be fishing. He fished the trail series. He's fishing in the 10. He's going straight to the Hobie. He will fish as many as he can. And he'll, he'll earn over 30 or $40,000 on tournaments for sure. And then, so you either have to be in one of those two camps, you know what I'm saying? To be able to yeah. do it full time, like you're right. Or, um, you know, if you have a family, if you're a Matt ball or someone that, that, uh, Craig Dye or Corey Dreyer, you know, you can probably only fish so many and yeah. then you're just not really seen in the same light. You're talking about these other guys that are just, just the, the hardcore um, guys that do it nonstop Guillermo and Matthew Scotch. They fish a lot of events and they're, they're great anglers and, you know, but um, those guys also uh, do some side stuff guiding. You got to put it together somehow on the other yeah. side, with something else. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, Christine's a good example. She does a lot of, uh, good stuff for, she gets paid. I know from some sponsors and that's what I was going to say is, and it's actually a good point about me winning the AOI. So 
this isn't to, I mean, I'm just trying to fill you guys in on how, on the, the truth legit. Like this is how it works. Uh, fishing is hard to get any money from any, any companies for, for fishing. They'll give you free product all day. When you get to yeah. a certain level, they'll easily give you discounts and pro staff. I know we joke like, Oh, pro staff, pro staff, whatever. Like it's just, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Everyone can get a discount. Right. Uh, but it's, it's harder to get free product, but it's out there. But then on top of that, it's very hard to get cash, like super right. hard. And so what, what I guess my point is that, you know, that's where, what I do co comes into play. Hopefully I can, um, teach folks out there you got to focus more on not just fishing the tournaments and doing well in tournaments but you got to give these sponsors something else right. or they don't really see much value and you got to be able to give them photos and videos and other content other you know something else to, because that that's how you're really going to make your living you know what i'm saying yeah. that's that, it's gonna you need them to cover all your expenses for the whole tournament trail and then and then some even and then you take all your winnings you add it to all the any extra you have from then from them and then you're actually doing it you know, full time and can make, you know, if you're still, obviously I'm still talking about if you're probably, you know, young and single, then you're doing it. Um, okay. And, and paying the bills and doing it right. So that's why I think we need a limit on pre-fishing time at some point on national trails, because it actually helps those guys who right now they feel the pressure because there are no limits to just camp for two weeks and learn the fishery. Cause otherwise somebody else is going to do it and they're going to win because yeah. I didn't, well, that hurts them. It doesn't help anybody. Well, you think it, you think it also it kind of hurts the sport in a way because I feel like, like where I'm at right now, like I, I want to compete, but I'm, I'm also starting to like look at like the realism of it as right. well, like like the realistically, like what are my chances to go head to head with some of these people who are literally down there for two weeks, who are down, yeah. you know, who live and breathe this stuff, and it's, but but at the same time, like those guys can't really make any money if people like me don't buy in. Like they need losers like me to go in and spend money that <laughs> <laughs> they can win. You know, so it's like a it's kind of like a catch twenty two. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I, I, I would have to see because like some things like that change a little bit because I can't argue the motor thing anymore. That's out there. It's only going to get bigger and better, and you know, and, and, and all yeah. these different electronics that are coming out. Like I, I, we've already lost that fight. Um, and not that I was really ever against, I'm just saying that's just like, you know, yeah. it's, it's now it's like, it's, that's just, that's just the way the sport's going. Um, but you know, yeah. with like the pre-fishing and all, all that stuff, I'm just like, maybe we can control that a little bit. Cause it's, if, yeah. if you want, if you want people like me to really buy into this and really get involved, it's like, I got, I got, you got to meet me halfway somewhere. Yeah. Like, you're you know, right. Like, you're right. Dude, it's a, it's a good point that I've been thinking about for a long time. And like I said, my previous job was that I was director of, you know, campus recreation where I ran sports leagues and tournaments. So my brain, and I ran the river bass and tournament trail for 10 years, you know, I put my, my own tournaments here for 10 years. So, I mean, I've, I've done this and uh, a lot and I think about these things, the rules. And so what I think we need to do, because we need the guys like you, like you said, I'm not, you can call you know, me a loser if you want. I'm no, 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 I'm saying, listen, <laughs> we need the, I mean, guys like you in terms of you have a family and you're thinking the way you're thinking, like, why would I want to enter? You know what I'm saying? Like, because it is, it is hard to like enter these tournaments when, Unless it's local water. Sometimes, sometimes it's a thousand dollar vacation that I'm, not, that I'm not taking my family on. And I got a son who, who loves Mickey Mouse. And is it, <laughs> is it right for me to go spend a thousand dollars to go, uh, yeah. fish something that I, I don't think I'm gonna get a return on my investment, or take yeah. take Ratty to go see Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? It's yeah, those, are, those, are, those are the things that I juggle with when it comes to uh, you know tournament fishing, and I love tournament fishing, but it's just there's that mm -hmm. there's that, that adult part of me that's like you know you gotta yeah. look, at this, look at this differently now. You do, man, and that's so. What I think needs to happen, and I think it's uh, it got like I don't know forty something likes when I made this reply in in one of the in 
Hobie's group or KBN's group somewhere. I saw some stuff. I said for the pre-fishing, all we need to do to be able to have your type of guy. Um, and you could put those other guys, like I said, Craig dies and Corey dryers and whoever, tons of people, anybody else has got right. family and kids. I mean, there's everybody out there that tons of them, but those are just guys that come to mind, but, um, we still need them to enter. And the way that we need to do it is put a limit on pre-fishing days the two weeks leading up to the event started the two weekends before the Friday. So people have two full weekends because if you have a nine to five job, you might can, if you, if the tournaments at, let's say it's three or four hours away, you can go and pre-fish for two whole weekends, not miss any work time. And we need to put a limit, whether it's uh, five days or whatever, like it needs to be like some reasonable limit, not like one or two, but like, look, you get to fish two weeks before the tournament fish five days. Yeah. Now, if somebody, if a guy like you can only fish three or four, at least you know everybody else is only getting one or two more than you, and that's it. Right. And they're not sitting there for two weeks. They're not just camped. But if everyone, but at the same time, it gives everyone enough. It gives them a window because well, this isn't a professional elite series where this is all we do for a living. So we can make it. The yeah. pre-fifty is the three days of the week, and then you have a day off or whatever they do. Some FLW, whatever, uh, not FLW anymore, but um, major league fishing, bass. They have like three days and then sometimes I think they have a day off and then they do the tournament. And so we can't do that during the week. We have jobs. We couldn't take all that off. So we have to accommodate. That's why I say it's gotta be the Friday, two Fridays before. So you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a whole week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the whole, and then the whole week. Then that Friday is tournament. So maybe you fish, you pre-fish. If the limit was five, you press pre-fish Saturday, Sunday, next weekend, Saturday, Sunday. And then you get off on, on, Friday, so you get there on Thursday, you pre-fish that Friday, yeah. then you actually got five in. But like I said, you don't need – I mean, I, I usually just get two and a half. That's it, two and a half yeah. days. So, so so, a, I think that's average for most people, but like a day or, or a day or yeah. two is usually – you know, I like I the idea. And, you know, the people that push back against it, I don't realize – I don't think they realize like what they're pushing back against. They don't, they don't realize that, like, our sport is unique in the sense that everyone can do it. You know what I mean? Like – Anyone, yeah. anyone can do this sport, which you know, which, which allows us, you know, the, the pots that we do have, like the big money pots. That's why we have them, is because anyone can do this sport. When you look at like, you know, the pros and like the big boat world, but not everyone can do that. Like it's, it's it is like an right. elite series. It's and right. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying kayak fishing shouldn't have an elite series. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you at least where we're at now, like you want to be like a little more all inclusive and you want to bring people into it. Because if not, like mm-hmm. you, Russ Snyder won't won't want to travel and, and, and compete in those events because there's just not enough money in it for like we need right. we need mass participation i guess is what i'm getting at and yeah, the way I to do that is to create a system or whatever in place that's gonna like i said like it's, it's hard for me to get motivated to go down and fish in like arkansas like darnell or somebody like i really yeah. want to go down there and fish it but that's a that's a big trip uh and, and and knowing that you know some of these guys have been there for two weeks it's just like yeah, it's, just, it's, it's very just you know, uh, not disheartening, but like discerning. Like I'm not, it you know, it's, it's it's just the way. And I, and I think people just need to realize it's not that I, I want their, I want people to be elite and, and all, and that's all great. But right now, like it's a, it's a, it's a max participation type yeah. thing. Like how many people can we get here, and you know, and simply fish these events, you know? And then if you want to be have like a, a elite series, that's fine. But there's gonna be bigger buy-ins for those. Uh, you know, like right. you're not, gonna, you know, it's so so all the people who who complain about that, like you don't realize that, like if we don't, if I'm not paying the two hundred fifty dollars. And and, you're, and eventually you're, you're gonna have to pay five hundred dollars or whatever to get those kind of payouts that you want. And I know I, I agree with like a hundred percent. I like to just see like a little more that kind of like um, right regulation where like it's just 
it just yeah. it, it makes it easier for us to decide. Like, especially, you know, like, I have like, one of my favorite guests is Craig. You know, die. Like, I mean, he's he's similar to me. It's like we love the fish, we love the tournament fish, but we love our families, and it, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to take away from them to go do something that's just really just a hobby, yeah. a, a really a really a passionate hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, Craig's a great guy, a good friend of mine. He actually stayed with me down there in Florida um, at the Airbnb that that we got, and uh, so. And what I'll say about uh, you're you're spot on. I mean, totally spot on. And here's the thing that's interesting. And I talked to Cody Milton about this and he agreed. It actually, the people that are camping out and are doing this more full time now, and they have the ability to just sit on a place for a week or two. It actually helps them because what you said earlier is true. They're not making enough money just on tournament winnings. Even if you're the best to make a living, they need money coming in from other ways. Well, the way you do that, is what I'm is you have to have the time to work out the, contact those companies explain who you are build build a media kit together with all your stats and then do the business part work a deal with them here's what I'm going to do and, and get get all that stuff done and have like 10 12 other sponsors supporting you and then with cash and product and then you have to have time to then deliver on not just doing well in tournaments but delivering the media that they are wanting and you know back and you can't do that if you are if there's a rule that there's no rule saying that there's a limit to pre-fishing, then you know in your head you're like somebody else is going to be out there for two weeks. I have to be. So it, this right. gives you it actually it takes a, like a weight off the shoulders of those people like Cody Milton and and Russ and everybody else saying, oh thank God, I don't have to yeah. just be here for two weeks fishing and I can actually instead work on the other side of the business that's going to give me income so I can do this for a living and make more money. Right. It actually helps them. It doesn't yeah. hurt them. It helps them. So it helps everybody. It helps the working man like you and it helps them. It's perfect because then everyone feels like they got a shot to win. Right. You know, and, and most likely they're going to do well because they're, they're, you know, hammers anyway. You know what I'm saying? So they don't need to, to do, to camp there that long. They're just trying to do it because the other hammers that are, they know, they know that they'll be there. So they feel like they have to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, just like the whole steroids thing. If, you know, if this person's taking steroids, I want to take them to, you, know, it's, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta have like uh I'm like, oh no, I agree 100. percent And hopefully, it's, I know it's being talked about a lot. So hopefully, hopefully we see something like that because I think I think it would make it. Like, I think you'd have a lot more better participation and people who you know, especially like people who like lack just a little bit of confidence. They just need a little bit more yeah. confidence, and and then they'll you know they'll, they'll go out and then they'll do these things. But uh, yeah. yeah, we need participation. You're right because the tourism departments for for Bassmaster and Major League Fishing tourism departments are not paying for the bed heads and beds for those anglers necessarily, because they all, a lot of them have campers and they don't really, I mean, you know, they, there is like a, some people that travel and there's a little crowd at Bassmaster events that bring a little bit of tourism money into the area, but they're really paying more for the exposure from the TV, right? That, that, that right. their area is like Palatka, Florida, you know what I mean? Or Lake Champlain, like come fish this, Lake Chickamauga. That's where they're getting a lot of the, but we don't have that. We're not on right. a network TV like that. So what the main thing that we need, like was what you said, we need more people there because that's the benefit that tourism is getting is actual heads in beds those weekends of the tournament and really the weeks leading up to it when people are there pre-fishing. That's the reason why they pay Hobie or KBF or Bass, not because they're because they're not on TV. That's the only thing they can't they really pay them for. And of course the social media and, and Chad does do a show um, which is on TV for the 10 and for stuff like that for, for Kissimmee, but you get my point. It really right. is more about those, the money that, that we bring into the economy 
in which case you need more people and more people are going to stop showing up. If all these hammers keep winning every time yeah. uh, and you just you feel like you have no shot. If you're just a, a, a nine to five job, you got two kids, a wife, and you maybe can get away to pre-fish for one day. You're just eventually just going to throw in the towel and say, I'm just going to fish my local clubs because that's all that, you know, it's really worth it. And then the numbers might decline, or not even decline because the sport's growing, but they could be so much greater. You know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. yeah, we're on the same page, man. All right. Well, before I let you go, I want to ask you this because, like, you know, you've been in the sport as long as you have, and I mean, you've done it all. You've won, you've won some great tournaments, Angler of the Year. You've built kayaks. You've designed kayaks. Like, where do you see, like, because, like, like I don't, I'm having a hard time with it, but I just don't know where the sport's going. Because, you know, at one point there weren't motors allowed, and now mm -hmm. I saw Chad post, a, you know, a few months ago a video or a, a picture with like two motors on it, and asked what people thought about having two motors on your kayak. And then, you know, I, I was watching Cody Milton kayak the other day and he had like two fish finders on it or two monitors right. on it and all these things and i'm not for against you know like my, my, mm -hmm. my whole philosophy is like whatever the rule set is i'll obey it do i have my own personal opinion yeah but it's irrelevant because i don't have to sign up for something if i don't want to so i don't it's not like i'm hating on it but like where do you see it all going because i mean what's a kayak you know what does it mean to be a kayak angler and then and where the sport's going because it is changing it is evolving and i guess it should but where, where do you see it really going especially with someone who's in the business of like creating like you know uh kayaks and yeah. you know, things like that like where do you really see the sport going uh, as far as like what we're going to do with it like i mean are we going to have like jet propulsion packs on it at some point and whatever like i mean yeah well i'll think? tell you what man i'll tell you where i see it going i'll tell you where where i'm going i'm staying true to who i am and i got into this sport for the exact reason of it's it's simple a kayak I got into it because it's 50, 60 pounds. I could go fish rivers and creeks with it, drag it up and down river embankments, hard access points, access water that boats can't access. And that's still who I am today. And that's who I'm always going to be. You know, will I ever, do I use motors and tournaments? Will they allow them? Of course, because everyone else has that advantage. You got right. to, but I'm still using them to go find wild places. You know what I mean? But that's, to me, that's the essence of the, that. What's, that's what makes a kayak, you know, a kayak, right? Is, is you know, not, having to launch at a boat launch a boat land landing you know what i'm saying like being able to launch in these cool wild places at crescent man what's unique is you know these are just, we only make paddle kayaks we don't make pedal drives and you know sure they can take a motor but we're just all about the, the paddling aspect we got a 699 699 kayak called the ultralight um we got one another new one coming out that's uh i think like 799 range we've got an 899 12 foot um uh light tackle they're all just paddle kayaks. They're simple. They're just simple, made to like the whole point of the sport, right? When, when I got in it, right? So that's where I'm always going to be when I'm going to be into first and foremost. That's where I'm always going to try to fish in these tournaments. I'm not saying I'll never, you know, obviously Lake Sinclair somewhere, you pretty much have to have a motor, you go offshore, right. whatever. And so that's that's kind of where, where we are um, and what I'm going to be doing. And just to prove the point, I don't know how many people know this, but I won AOI last year. I never had more than three rods with me. I never had a fish finder. I had a bending branches paddle and my kayak for two of the tournaments cost $6.99. And then for the other two, it was uh, that $8.99 light tackle. That's it. And I could still compete and obviously not just compete, but do well and win AOI with it. So people can go get all the stuff, other stuff they want. And I'm not saying I'll never have it. Like I said, it's all a tool, right? For the right, right. job. I just want to take the right tool for the right application. And at some point, those may be the right application, but I feel like unless you're a pro in the elite series or major league fishing, a lot of fishing is marketing and they try to sell us. Like you need to learn the Nico and you need to learn drop shot. You need to learn, um, whatever, like 
every kind of rig there is, you know what I'm saying? Like you learn all of them. I don't feel like that's really feasible for the average Joe to learn them all, understand when to use them all then, and, and then understand what the bite feels like in all of them to good enough to confidently use it. You know what I'm saying? Like we get too deep into the weeds and same goes with the electronics and all that stuff. You feel like, well, everyone's getting all this stuff. Like I got to get, now I got to learn this and that. It's like, no, I got into this because I wanted something to be simple because I wanted to get away from all that. So that's Drew Gregory. That's what I'm sticking to. But where I see it going is following a little, a similar path to the bass boat world in the sense that if the bass boat world puts a limit on the amount of screen inches you can have on your boat at one time, or they put a limit on how many units or whatever they do to limit it, which they will at some point, then we probably will. But yeah. until then, not now motors. I like the fact that Hobie is paddle only so because it gives us a chance. We have one trail that's like that and that's cool. You know, pedal or power only. And I like, but I like the fact, what I like about, this is funny. People are like, what do you like about Hobie? I'm like, I like the fact that it's paddle only. What do you like about KBF? I'm like, I like the fact that it has motors because I, I do like the fact that, you know, we, we can, we're all still launching from, there's only so many launches you can launch from even wild places. And this helps us get further away from each other and helps me be able to explore wild places and take a little bit of a break from my muscles when I'm worn out from, you know, some Hobie events from, right. from paddling so much. So it's, I kind of like that. Plus the motors do bring in more dollars to the sport. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to use a motor. Josh Sharp just won the, the Tim Invitational. He didn't have a motor. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't need a motor. Right. And I didn't use a motor at the, um, let's see when some of the KBF national championships I did well, and I didn't use a motor and all last and two of two of the four of my top 10. So I just feel like it's going to keep going that way, but it doesn't mean you can't compete. Uh, I, I don't mind. I honestly don't mind even um, two. I don't even mind two motors, but what I do mind is if, if only one motor can be in use at one time, it should never be two at a time because that's dangerous. Right. But one at a time is like, if you're going to send people with one motor and you're going to tell them to go, I went, I've gone as far as like 18 miles before in a day and I'm out there. So if I'm way out there and I've got one motor and something happens to my prop, my shear, break a shear pin, my battery dies, something crazy, and I have extra battery or something, whatever. But you at least have another way, a way to get back if you have right. a second backup. So I don't really even care if there's two motors because once you've opened up motors, it really doesn't matter if, yeah. it's, if there's one or two. It really doesn't. As long as you can't be using both at the same time, as long as your boats are able to handle that that much weight and how many motors they're they're built for that. And I don't even care about the electronics as much either until I see, until it's proven that that technology, everyone, enough people have the chance to learn it, adapt to it and use it to, to win. I don't really mind if, you know, if there's a couple units on people's kayak. To me, it's just more complicated stuff that gets in my way. And I'm like, right. have at it, you know, and it's going to open up more space on the bank and the other wild places where you don't necessarily need that stuff. So it's actually a win for everybody. Panoptics yeah. is a win for anyone who fishes wild places and creeks and rivers where you may not necessarily always need it on the bank, it actually is just going to disperse the pressure because they're actually with pan optics and uh, electronics. You're actually looking for the same thing I'm looking for. I'm looking for wild unpressured fish that I can find somewhere. And I, and I wish every Creek had big, un, you know, big fish, but they don't, but I'm always searching for the, that magical place that does, you know, right. but that's what the guys offshore doing with pan optics. And they're finding wild unpressured fish that nobody else has found and it's great, man. It's actually dispersing the pressure all around the lake now, and and the fish have never seen bait. So it's kind of a cool, a cool thing in a weird way. So, I, but I do see it going to a limit at some point. 
and I see us having uh, maybe not two motors ever, but um, but just it, there's going to be limits put. Just like in the bass boat world, there's a 250 horsepower, right? Right. Everyone has a 250 on the Elite Series. No one has a 175, even though limits. You know what I'm saying? And so that's going to eventually be the way it's going to be in kayak fishing. Whatever the limit is on motors, you're probably going to have a rig that has that limit. And then everyone, and then you're also going to have a kayak that's like that 699 ultralight I've got. That's 60, 50 something pounds, whatever. And for 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 like little smaller backwaters where you won't need it. So it's kind of like you pick the right tool for the application, and that's yeah, it. I, th I think like so. Like my thing is like. I one of the reasons like you get into a kayak fishing is because it's efficient uh and like and that's what we really want to do we want to be efficient at fishing um and so you know if, if i only need a kayak that's awesome but if i need a motor on it i want to have that option if i want to be able to put six rods because i need six rods i want that you know whatever i whatever i can do to make me more efficient at catching fish i think like my only problem was like when you, when you start talking about like a sport like the sport has yeah. to have like it has to have limits it has to have boundaries because mm -hmm. it's about competition at that right. point, I, I think it's my, I feel like my only problem, and I'm like I said, I'm not saying what it should or shouldn't have. I'm right. just saying I just want a, a no shit, yeah, like, a, yeah. like, like that there, and that's that's what we're doing. And we're not gonna, this is something we're not really gonna try to change in the next year because you know, you, you want your sport to have some kind of like legacy and be like consistent, uh, with whatever it is you're trying to do. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I see a lot of time it, it just keeps changing a little bit. I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do? Like, uh, Grant, I know we're still evolving, it's a new sport, yeah, but it's totally. like, we got. We got to decide like what what it is that we, we, we what do we consider kayak fishing? If it's a motor, that's fine, but that's we can't just bump it up later on just because you know. It's like, I feel like right. we just gotta have like really because that's how most sports work. I think you know, yeah, NASCAR has limits and limitations yeah. on things. They all follow, and it, I think once you have an elite series, which we will see an elite series of just the top fifty guys who are doing it more like full time, pretty much. I mean, I say full time, but I still like guys on the FLW tour, like in in even Bass they have jobs. They have yeah. other full-time jobs. They actually have that planned in their job. Like I know uh, Kyle Weisenberger. I met him at ICAST. He, he still fishes the Toyota series. I believe he, he was a school teacher and he, it worked out perfect with his FLW schedule where he was able to get off all the days to, because a lot of the summer he's off obviously to right. fish FLW whole season. And he's a school teacher. So like, but when it gets to be full-time and there's an elite series for kayak fishermen, there needs to be, like you're saying, like it's professional. There needs to be these exact limits, standards, the pre-fish. Everything's got to get so exactly dialed in. Right now, it's still evolving. We're figured out. And the more important thing to me with all that is going to be we need to keep going to places. Like these tour, uh, these tournaments need to keep scheduling and talking to tourism departments like about new rivers and reservoirs that these bass boat tournaments yeah. aren't going to. Because I agree 100%. Right on top of them, man. And they're, we're, we're, we're swerving into their lane. And that's going to create friction and we don't need to because they are only going to those places because they have to. they're the lakes. Yeah, they have to. They're they, a, they got the tourism department money for it and B they're big enough reservoir that can handle that many boats. We don't have to, we can do a chain of lakes. We can do smaller seven, 8,000 acre lakes plus the rivers and creeks flowing into it. That's enough for us. And those tours, tourism departments are in, trust me, I ran a tournament trail for 10 years are so easy to get money from. They're dying for, somebody to come promote their waterways because the elite series, major league fishing, all those Toyota series can't. So right. we can, there's 130 lakes out there that are 7,000 acres and greater, which is big enough for us. But yet we're still at the same big names every other. And I'm not saying we shouldn't go to any of those. I'm not saying that right. a lot of them have great backwaters and vegetation and places you can't get in with a bass boat and they do have money. They want to, they want to make sure their lake is known in the kite com community as well. But we need to take advantage of the other ones because 
part of the fun for kayak anglers is also fishing and for everybody is always fishing new water. It just gets old going to the same thing yeah. over and over. It's like, Oh, so-and-so is going to go back to that spot and win again. So-and-so is going to go right back there and win again. It's like, it's fun exploring new water on, on satellite imagery and kind of making your map, trying to figure out where you're going to fish. And that's the fun, man. So we need to take right. advantage of that because otherwise we're going to, we're going to have a, a collision with the bass boat world. And it's not going to be, um, we're going to be seen as maybe how in a way weird way, how fly fishermen see conventional fishermen. Sometimes there's a little bit of like we're elitist. You guys are that, whatever we don't, we want to be part of the same team with the bass boat world, growing it all together, rising all tides because we're, we're downloading their podcast, listening to their big podcast, right? And they're, they're in more of the bass boat world. We're contributing. We're buying all the rods, the reels, all the brands that are sponsoring those top anglers on the elite series. So we need, they need to see that we are helping their, this sport as a whole, not, we're in your way all over your, your tournaments. And again, I think this, the, sometimes we just see the names of those tournaments over, over and over in those big tournament yeah. trails marketing them. So we just feel like those are the best lakes in the country. And really they're the lakes that ha are big enough and had enough money to pay them to go there. That's really what it is. There's lakes that are way better than those lakes that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, no, I, agree. I agree. That's, that's one of the reasons why I did a, uh, this is my first year of being a TD a tournament director because like I saw that same thing. I'm like, look, we've got all these bodies of waters. Why are we only going to Cayuga? Why are we only going right. to Oneida? It's like, you know, I found some chain lakes where like it's it's almost to the point where like each angler could have their own lake yeah. if they want if they wanted to. That's and that that cool. was that, that, that cool, was that, that was the kind of stuff that I like I really wanted to see like in the sport because I, I I'm the same way. Like, what's the point of having a kayak if we're just gonna go to the same places? Yeah, that, uh, all the big the boats. boats are in. Yeah, yeah so. I always say like that. I mean, then you'd just be taking the kayak out of kayak fishing. There's no point. We're just doing yeah. the same thing they are in plastic boats. We want it, we're different than them, so let's be different than them. It's not right. the same thing, just right. in a plastic boat. So that's we're on the same page there, man. I, I agree. I think that that's gonna have to happen at some point. Um, and, and hopefully it will. We'll just I mean, and we don't we do some of that now. I mean, like Hobie, for example, fishes the Susquehanna River, and there's obviously no bass boats there. Right. right. Um, you know, so there's some tournaments that we hit that are certainly uh, but but even in terms of the boundaries, like making sure we have enough wild and rivers and creeks and places the boats can't go even on these lakes, because otherwise we're just sitting there right in the lake with all the bass boats. And they're they're wondering, like, what are you all doing? Like, why are you in a kayak, man? Like, if right. you can't fish any of these the, the rivers and the creeks and the backwaters places and if there's, you know, boundaries preventing us. But we, right now the rules are great. We're doing a good job. And there's there's enough good, good water that's still kayak only kind of water. And, right. and uh, we, I just think we need to expo explore some new new places that you just don't even know how bad they're wanting exposure. It's unbelievable. So, but yeah, man. All right, man. Well, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, two more things. All right. All right. What are you excited about 2021? Like what lakes are you looking at? Are you coming to Champlain? Cause that's going to be the big one. Yeah. I think for Obi. So, like, what, yeah. what, what, what does your season look like right now? Well, let me get my uh -oh. battery, plug in my battery real quick, just in case I die. I don't want to die on this. Hang tight. My, my lighting may, stink here for a second it's, right. we, we, it's the end of the show so we made it we made it yeah so far but let me plug it in before it dies is it 12 percent? but it could go at any point my battery's horrible all right there we go still with me yep all right guys so well what was the uh first question oh, the, the last like what are you what, what are you looking at doing in 2021 what big tournaments you already said you're going to lake yeah. champlain i'm excited about that it's, so it's my it's probably the number one lake on my list i'm most excited about this year because you know obviously it is one of those big lakes that you see the pros going to all the time but it's a little different in the fact that it's so humongous they don't cover all of it they don't hit all of it because no. they either go out of ticonderoga or they usually go from Plat or 
Plattsburgh? Yeah, Plattsburgh. So, yeah. So usually go to Plattsburgh, so they never get down south. I mean, and it's so many cuts and sloughs. It's uh, so much kayak-friendly water. It's a good choice when you're yeah. talking about one of those tournaments uh, that you see the bass boats at as well. So uh, plus, there's a lot of rivers and creeks that flow into it. That, that's gonna, you know, I'm sure gonna be in balance as well. So that's what's really exciting about that tournament to me. And you can catch giant smallmouth and largemouth all at the mm -hmm. same time. It's just it's world class. I've never been there, so I'm excited. Um, and then I'm really looking forward to La Crosse, Wisconsin, because I've never been there on the Upper Mississippi. I was supposed to go last year, but that whole thing happened with COVID and all that stuff, and I just couldn't get back on the water until Susquehanna once I had everything uh, settled down with the fam. And then. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. This this tournament down here, I was super excited about, looking forward to, because I've caught giants down here in Florida in the past, but didn't pan out. And then um, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, there was like one more really. I mean, obviously going back to Darnell will be special just because I, I won there, so I'm going to try to go back there and defend. But uh, I'm excited about Ufala for Bass, and then hopefully the TOC if I qualify for that again. And then um, uh, let's see, I'm going. I'm excited for Louisville, even though it's a not the greatest fishery for the bass classic, you know, the kayak classic. Um, I'm always just going to call it the bass kayak classic. I don't care if they call it the championship. But it sounds cool to me. And so I'm excited about that one because it's going to be very hard, a very rough tournament. I feel like mentally it's going to be a lot of people are going to check out pretty quick when, it, when the, the jet skis, the party boats and everything, just it's just going to feel like there's not a fish in that lake when you're out there and it gets nuts. So, and people are already like mentally checking out, like, I don't even want to go. Gonna, and I'm like, all right, fine. Like someone still has to win. And like, I, I follow golf too on the side. Like, it's like the only hobby I have, which I haven't done it in like forever, like a year probably, but I still follow it you know, just to get something away from fishing. So uh, when they have the U S open, the masters or the British open, it's like really hot, high, rough and fast, firm greens. It's super hard. I mean, they're the most fun events to watch because, like, someone still has to win. Even if the final winning score is over par, like, someone has to win, right? Like, someone's right. Gonna win. So I don't really care what the score is. I want to get out there and catch – I don't care if I catch 79 inches for two days in a row. If if that's what's going to take the win, then I'll, I'll win that way. It'll be fun. It'll be a true test, a real test. Right. So I'm looking forward to that one too, man. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, some of the ones I'm most looking forward to. I'm fishing uh, East West Harbor on KBF. I'm uh, probably fishing Pickwick. Excited about that too. Um, trying to think. I'm fishing Lake Murray. Uh, I fished there before. I live in South Carolina, so I know that one. I'm fishing uh, Seminole. I'm excited about that this weekend. So I'm going to fish uh, Kobe BOS on Seminole. But those are some of the ones that just kind of stick out just in my head. I know I'm fishing, like I said, 12 to 14 of them. So. Well, cool, man. Like, we'll wrap this thing up, dude. I really do appreciate you coming on. Is there anyone you want to thank right now or been plugs? Let everyone know they can follow you and everyone that makes fishing easy for you. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's pretty simple. You guys just uh, if you follow along at Drew Gregory Fishing on you know Facebook page or Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, pr I pretty much just use like my Instagram is the best one. Follow along that you'll you'll probably see a lot about um, my sponsors along the way. But um, I got a big I'm blessed to have a big you know long list of them, so I'm not going to go through that whole thing now. If you just follow along, you'll see those products in action and use. And I mean, the way it works with me in the industry, and I'm in it the way it should work with everybody is I don't even approach somebody about a sponsorship unless I know their product, have used their product, believe in their product. It's something I already am using or anyway. And so it's super organic and just real. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm promoting something and positive on something, it's because I believe in it and it's helped me out. You know what I'm saying? So it, so that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously we've talked about Crescent, Real Tree Fishing here on my shirt. They are, oh, which side here? They are, you know, my 
headline sponsor for, for all I do. So I really appreciate them and their support. Uh, they obviously are also the sponsor of KBF's thing. And, and uh, I don't even know if they do something with Hobie or not, but they, they're insanely um, into our sport. And so I really appreciate what they do in the sport and how passionate they are about kayak fishing. It's just, it's really cool to see them get into it. So big thanks to them. And thanks to uh, all those major trails that allow us to, to, you know, get out there and do this because they all work their butts off. And yeah, we have a few little, you know, gripes here and there. It's not even gripes, it's just constructive things. It, like you said, the sport's evolving. And I like to talk about that kind of stuff too, like you do. And, but I always like to stress how good of a job they're doing and right. just super, super fortunate. Those guys are willing to take on that role so that, you know, guys like me get to go fish and have fun and create memories that last a lifetime, like dragging through swamps and going under uh, or over 15 foot gators in, in little creeks and winning tournaments and AOIs. It's just, it's cool. So big thanks to those guys. Um, and uh, looking forward to a great 2021 seeing you guys out there on, on the trail. Don't forget, sign up for fantasy. It's got a lot of fun guys. Go sign up. And All Hey, right, man, cool, dude, you can make your own group for, for your uh, uh, podcast, your dark okay. Wars kayak fishing podcast. Your followers can have it your own group. You can make it. And literally, you would you could have just separate little bragging rights or give them a prize, whatever, for just the people who just keep track of your group. You just got to go make it, and then you give the link to everybody that they could sign up. But make sure if everyone does, if you ever do it, I'm not saying you're going to do it, but if you do, then <laughs> you have to do it. But if you do, uh, you, everyone has to sign up for your group and then have to sign up for the public league in order to be in the public league as well. And we're offering a lot of free prizes so um, for the public league. So you got to sign up, you know, a team in both of them. So, and you can pick the same six anglers. You can do different six. You can hedge and pick six completely different anglers and, and one or the other, but you got to sign up for both or you won't be in the main public group. So. Okay. Well, dude, I, I really appreciate you coming on. It was last minute, but it's been a fun yeah. conversation. Uh, good luck this weekend, uh, Seminole. Uh, safe travels home, but uh, look forward to talking to you again, bro. All right, man. You too, man. Good job. Keep it up. All right. Good night. See ya.